0: I'm Sam
1: and I'm Cam
0: and this is fall risk. Uh, Welcome back, listeners. We're back with another episode with a pretty cool guy named Cameron. Uh, Do you prefer Cam Cameron?
1: You know, um, my mom wanted to name me Cameron because she didn't want anyone to shorten my name, but pretty much everyone in my life calls me Cam. So, okay, <laughs> all right.
0: Well, then, uh, Cam, Cam is what I'm. Uh, I'm used to. I've got lots yep. of friends who go by Cam, so I'm just going to call you that. Is that all right? That's great. Cool. All right. So Cam is here to talk a little bit about himself, but mostly about this. Huge project that he and his partner, Ray Kubiak, uh, okay. have, have started. Um, before we get too far into that, uh, Cam, give me a breakdown on your skydiving background. Uh, what year did you start? How old were you? How many jumps have you accumulated since then? Right.
1: So I started skydiving in 2012. Um, I had a very slow roll over the first couple of years of my progression. Um, I did my first tandem at a skydive cap in Massachusetts while I was working at SkyVenture New Hampshire. And then uh, once I moved to Virginia Beach, I started pursuing my AFF Mm -hmm. and the drop zones in Virginia, they're great, but they're pretty far. (laughs) And being a tunnel instructor, I didn't have a whole lot of time off. So it took me about two and a half years to get 50 jumps. And then by the time I left Virginia beach for paraclete, um, I left with about a hundred jumps and then left paraclete with a little over 700, um, I'm on a bit of hiatus right now. I haven't jumped in about two and a half years, but I'm still sitting around 700 as a D licensed skydiver.
0: Okay. So how long have you, so so you have been working at tunnels longer than you've been skydiving or? I have.
1: uh, Yeah. So I started, um, excuse me, I started jumping in 2014, not 2012. I started working in the wind tunnels in uh, 2012. So uh, my dad was actually a tunnel instructor. So I've been around tunnels my entire life. I flew for the first time when I was two and a half. Um, so flying has always been a part of my life. We lived on Z Hills, uh, in a trailer for a couple of years while we worked, uh, my dad worked at the tunnel in Orlando. So it's, it's always been a huge part of my life. And I started instructing at flyaway pigeon forge, um, when I was 16 in 2012. Okay. All right. And, then, uh, so I've worked at flyaway pigeon forge, a very short stint at SkyVenture, New Hampshire. Most of my time has been spent at iFly Virginia Beach. Uh, I did spend about two years in the middle there at uh, Periclee.
0: Okay, so you're I, this. This might be the first instance I've had on this podcast, like a legacy uh, skydiver flyer. Um, yeah,
1: I don't know how many other second generation instructors there are. I think yeah. there, there's got to be some out there mm-hmm. somewhere, but uh, you know who who they are or where they are, I'm not certain.
0: That's interesting. Wow, oh, first first for Fall Risk. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, if you had to guess, how much tunnel time do you think you have under your belt? Have you calculated I mean, it?
1: So Ray and I have gone back and forth on this a bunch of times. And I mean, it's so hard to really calculate how much time you've flown. And then the question really gets down to in the specifics, like what counts? Because mm-hmm. every time I'm in the wind, if I'm working a shift, you know, I could take anywhere between four to you know five classes a day. And that's two or two and a half hours of tunnel time of being in the wind. But does flying first time flyers count as flying? Does running an FITP count as flying? So Mm -hmm. some loose math that, you know, I've done over the years. I know that I've flown probably close to, you know, three or 4,000 hours of personal time in Mm -hmm. my decade of flying. And I've flown a little over a hundred thousand first time flyers. And that's just, Trying to do the basic math as much as possible and just say, "Well, on average, this is about what we're doing." I'd hope that I've flown way more than a first timers because that'll give me a better excuse for how much my shoulder hurts. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are some big numbers. Um, it's the common, it's the common uh, conversation that a lot of people have though when you ask them that question, like especially right. instructors who have been at it for oh, years absolutely. and years. They're like, "Well, what counts?" Like, I could right. say thousands, but right. really, like. Yeah. What do I, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, like, I think the, the gist that everyone's going to get listening to this is that you're very well established and that you have lots and lots of time in the wind, no matter which way you spin it. So
1: I'd like to think great. so. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of different things. I mean, I've, I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of great opportunities and um in a lot of ways, I think my timing just worked out really well too. I had just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So Uh, You know, when I was in New Hampshire, a great fellow by the name of Zach Jones uh, Mm -hmm. told me about Virginia Beach and said, hey, man, you know, I think this is going to be a better fit for you. And I was from Tennessee originally. So New Hampshire was a very long distance from home. So when I heard about iFly opening and the fact that Ray Kubiak was going to be the lead, I was like, absolutely. I'd been hearing about Ray pretty much my whole life. Um, So I was definitely very excited to go and work for him. And then while I was there, I ended up uh, on a dynamic team, Vah Beach Boys, me and Colin Rob. <laughs> so we had we had a good little run. You know, we never placed as well as I wanted to, just being a perfectionist myself. But you know, we put in a lot of time. We picked up a handful of sponsors. We got to travel a lot. So you know, just just through competition. Before I started competing, I had never been west of the Mississippi. And then I was able to go to Canada. I've been to Spain multiple times. We got invited to go and compete in Japan. So. Mm-hmm very, very lucky um, timing and placement and kind of the right people as well. Virginia Beach is really a great tunnel. I think it's kind of slept on a little bit just because we do a lot of military and Mm -hmm. we don't have a massive skydiver market, but the tunnel itself, I mean, with Ray at the helm, we have so many fantastic opportunities and the ownership and management there is great too. They really are very supportive. Yeah, uh, and I've always wanted the best for us too. So
0: yeah. I've only ever heard good things about VA Beach. I've never been there myself, but um, I had considered taking a job at one point. I think
1: I, I think um, we chatted about that a little yeah, bit.
0: Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh it mm-hmm. was it was the total wrong timing for me, though, like just right. like life-wise. Um, yep. but yes, uh, I had considered at one point. It's um at the time like i had asked a lot of a lot of different people about what va beach was like and what to right. expect and like everyone had really really good things to to say it just ended up not working out like
1: yep yeah. hey timing and everything right
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um cool all right so so the gist that i get from that is that worked at a lot of different tunnels you've worked in a lot of different um environments you know yeah. at different tunnels they all operate slightly differently Yeah. um and you have like a fair amount of skydiving experience under your belt yeah. You also talked a little bit about how you um, have grown up in this environment, but I want to know for you what makes that drive. So 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 what I what I see a lot is, I guess, when people when young people have been not forced into it but like have had it forced upon them right. you know because of external yep. external factors they have a tendency to burn out a lot faster than like say an adult who comes Absolutely. into it in their early or their late 20s or something and sticks with right. it for like 10 20 years how and why do you stick with this for so like have you stuck with this for so long like what is it that drives you about this sport and this uh, activity
1: so so many things but i think if i had to attempt to put it into words i think number 1 i was very lucky that um the way my parents did pretty much everything was we're going to show you as much as we can and you mm-hmm. make your own decisions for what works best for you and a lot of times the ball was left in my court so i was exposed to a lot of things but i wouldn't say i was forced to do a lot of things mm-hmm. so the things that i did end up sharing interests in um that you know the same as my parents i ended up making those my own.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and as I got into the sport, there's something really special about flyaway and I don't know how to explain it to people. It's um it's as far as I'm aware in the modern industry, um me, Ray and Mikey are the only guys who transitioned from flyaway and have had lengthy careers in modern tunnels. There have been a few other guys that have transitioned and they've worked for a year or two but uh, talking about, ones.
0: Just, just to clarify, you're talking Mike Silva, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, Mike Silva. Okay. I think we're the only guys with a decade plus, you know, career span after Flyaway. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is a, it's a, I think it's a really deep appreciation where you people hear about Flyaway and they assume it's a one tunnel and they think it's the same thing as what we have now, yeah, and they don't realize how much different it is and how it's really not and. uh, You know, Vegas has always been a little bit faster than Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge, uh, up until the transmission actually exploded, (laughs) uh, Pigeon Forge was a diesel run tunnel and it was always very, very hot. And it was kind of this almost this torture chamber, like dungeon-esque type room where it was really dark and hot, and moist Mm -hmm. and smelled like motor oil. And you've got these big vinyl pads everywhere. And, uh, you know, working there in the summer, we only flew first-time flyers. There were no reservations. So it was first-come, 1st first serve. We had paper manifests. People would walk in, and we'd fill the entire day. You know, doors would open at 9 a.m., and the entire day would be full by, like, 1030. Okay. And then we're just ripping first-timers all day in a 130-degree tunnel that already wasn't fast enough to fly people. So there's this, like earned gratitude, I think for suffering through something so much that, you know, we, we all fought so hard to make sure we made it through the day. So we got to fly our three minutes of staff time. If you Mm -hmm. made it through, if you struggled all the way through, you got that staff time at the end of the day. And that was the cherry on top. Like it made every bit of that pain worth it. And as I've transitioned to the modern industry, and just grown and, you know, matured naturally as well in my, my lengthy career Um, that magic of flying first time flyers has really always stayed with me. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a T4, raised an examiner, but that's a big thing that I think I've picked up as a trainer or just even kind of as a leader in the, in the, you know, the instructor team, the people that really enjoy flying first time flyers, and it sticks with them for a long time, Mm -hmm. are kind of cut from a different cloth. And not to say that that's a bad thing if you don't like flying first-timers. And I think that's really, this is we'll get into this a little bit more later, but that's a big thing that I've recognized and why we've made such an impactful change in our structuring with how the new tunnel is going to operate. But the way the current industry is really set up, the tunnels themselves have never really had the need or the understanding of how to expand past the carnival ride operator. Yep. Cause that's really how this sport started and it's always kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at it from a, a business perspective, top down the instructors, although we can do other cool things, we're still kind of viewed as these carnival ride operators. So in order for people to be successful and have long careers in the current industry, they need to have a little bit of that magic yeah. and that spark for flying first timers. Cause otherwise you're going to instruct for like two to three years and you're going to get burnt out. <laughs> so I've been lucky enough to, you know, be graced with that. i I've, I've still love flying first timers. I've been doing it for a long time, but through the years, you know, I've been graced with a lot of different opportunities and as a trainer, getting to train other people, how to teach um, and being a leader, I think that's really kind of blossomed into um, a lot of my biggest motivators now is is really helping people be the best teachers they can be and then still delivering the dream of flight to as many yeah. people as
0: possible. Well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a that's a great explanation and actually you gave us a little bit of history lesson there, too, because I, I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, this thing was born out of. You know, an amusement ride. Yeah, uh, very yeah. similarly to how tandems are. what right. You know,
1: I, I don't know the story exactly, but yeah. my understanding. So, Bill Kitchen was the original Sky Venture designer, right? Mm-hmm. And Bill Kitchen got his start in roller coasters. I think his ride was the Sky Coaster, yeah. which is the big arch where you get in the swing and the two people go. And it was either Vegas or Pigeon Forge, but Bill was, uh, I think it was Vegas. He was there for an amusement convention and walked into vegas and saw it and was like this is incredible how do we do it and then contacted a bunch of wind tunnel companies and eventually ended up getting up with mike palmer and together they designed the original orlando tunnel but yeah most people don't realize that like bill got that idea because he walked in and saw what they were doing at flyaway they had already been open for 15 or 16 years at that point Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, man, we got to do this same thing, but try to make it better. And that's been each evolution of the sport. But that's been a main driving force for what Ray and I are doing is a lot of the leaps that we've had forward in the sport have been from people who are very forward thinkers, mm-hmm. but they're not customer facing or they're not yeah. experienced people. So they bring a lot to the table as far as ingenuity and business sense, but they still have to rely on us they still yeah. need us and they still need our input and in some situations it works really well where you have a very healthy work relationship where you're able to transmit all the information you have and they listen and you have a mm-hmm. productive tunnel uh, that happens far more franchises um or it doesn't they, you don't, know, yep. they don't want to listen to you because you're just that guy who gets in there and flies around what could you know about doing this job
0: fair enough <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, those are those are all really great explanations and and the more you talked about it i was like i've been told this story before but i don't mm-hmm. know when <laughs> i assume it right. was mike silva i'm assuming yep, he told probably. me it at some yep. point yep. um the roller coaster thing was what was like oh yeah i've yeah, heard yeah. this story yep. before <laughs> yep. uh yeah thank you uh thanks for that that history lesson for everybody um lots of people probably don't know some of those details right. so that's yep. great uh yep. and i think i think that um is a is a good point and a good thing to think about about the, like this is foremost, like first and foremost, uh, a, a business. Like, right? We are trying to uh, keep the doors open so that we can do things we really want to do, right? But right. you also have still have to have that passion of uh, essentially, you know, an a tandem instructor or an AFF instructor. Yep. You're taking people and you're teaching them something new. You're uh, developing flight, you're developing flyers, right? You're creating more of this stuff. Uh, and it starts with them so that we can blossom into the other things that we want to do, like skydiving, training, you know, competing, all of those things. Um, Awesome. So that, that was a great intro. Thank you. I really appreciate all that giving us a little bit of background so that it supports what we're about to talk about so that it lends some credibility to, to anyone that doesn't know you or doesn't have any idea of like where you come from. So yes. that being said, let's transition into what we really came here to talk about. Uh, right. We really came here to talk about uh, your brand new tunnel that you guys are opening in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. What is the name of that tunnel?
1: Uh, right now, the working title is Flyaway Indoor Skydiving and Body Flight Center, which is a mouthful. Yeah, um, We've kind of simplified that down to Flyaway, Tennessee,
0: okay.
1: mainly because we have the intention of putting up some additional facilities, hopefully here in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and Flyaway, Tennessee will be uh, kind of the crown jewel of the intended Flyaway Adventure Resort, which... Okay. Uh, is a fairly new addition, but has uh, in a lot of ways really been an incredible incredible enabler, number one. It's allowed us to actually get a lot further along with the project than we were before.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: also it, it really gives um, a diverse and well-rounded opportunity for business, for the sport, and it allows us to really Kind of crossed through a lot of different barriers that we weren't able to do before
0: mm-hmm. by
1: just having a standalone one tunnel facility.
0: Okay, um, so this tunnel is an extension of the Flyaway brand, right?
1: Uh, so we're we've taken over the Flyaway brand.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the the previous Flyaway tunnel closed its doors in August, I mm-hmm. think uh, August or September. Uh, they are no longer in operation. So for the time being, there is no Flyaway, but there will be very shortly.
0: Got it. Okay. So, for anybody that doesn't understand the distinction between all of the different tunnel brands, Flyaway, right. SkyVenture, Paraclete, iFly, right. right? Like, those are the major players in the US yeah. right now. Um, yeah. Can you elaborate on what sets Flyaway apart as a brand from these yeah. other facilities? I, Absolutely. Um, I think that, like, a lot of people know the major ones um right. i think a lot of the older skydivers and flyers in the world probably still recognize sky venture you know right. as a as an entity um, right. even though it's it's i don't it's the only one i don't know if there are any sky ventures still named as sky ventures are there
1: um you know that's a great question i, I think they like- Skyventure Montreal. There you
0: go. All right. Skyventure Montreal. Not in the US. So nobody like yeah, nobody's not, listening not to this podcast right. anyway. But <laughs> uh, like, I
1: New Hampshire, actually. New Hampshire is still Skyventure. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh I think it's important to, to make that detail or make yes. that distinction is how does this brand get set apart from the rest of right. everything that's like out there right now?
1: So the first ever indoor skydiving wind tunnel company <laughs> is mm-hmm. a roadie uh most people don't know that erodium was the first uh and erodium is currently based in Latvia but um erodium was purchased from a uh, a Latvian company purchased erodium from a gentleman named John St Germain and John St Germain was a drop zone owner in Canada that wanted to teach his kids how to fly and converted a grain silo on his property into a wind tunnel about two years later Um, erodium as a company had their designs, they patented them and they sold them to two separate investors who were kind of in a race to the finish to construct flyaway Las Vegas and flyaway pigeon forge pretty much at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, ironically, they're constructed slightly differently. Vegas is poured concrete and pigeon forge was plywood (laughs) and none of us know why they're different, but pigeon forge actually had a fire during construction. So ended up being delayed. So Vegas opened a couple months before pigeon forge did. Um and for a very long time, those were the only wind tunnels in the world. Flyaway, then they ended up opening another location in Okinawa okay. in Japan. And then there's a flyaway in Montreal. Um, mm-hmm. but Montreal is now no longer flyaway. The Okinawa tunnel was unfortunately destroyed in an earthquake, and mm-hmm. then Vegas has since rebranded and is now Vegas Indoor Skydiving, no longer flyaway Las Vegas. Yeah. So FlyAway um, was the, the national and international name until SkyVenture showed up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: SkyVenture was Bill Kitchen's design. That was the first wall-to-wall one tunnel with their direct flow.
0: Yep. Um,
1: ironically, I think a little sidebar here. Most people don't know FlyAway is actually a recirculating design. Really? Yeah. So I, I did not know that. It's interesting because it's direct flow, right? You're mm-hmm. technically flying above the prop. But if you were on your back and you look up at the top of the tunnel, you'll see a little nipple. Mm -hmm. So you're almost flying inside of a pill bottle and Mm -hmm. that nipple redirects the air around the gallery, which is this little sleeve inside the chamber. Okay. That air goes down outside the gallery and comes back up through the fan. So it's technically a recirculating design. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, SkyVenture really kind of started the craze. Once Sky Ventures opened and they started going all over the place, uh, ISG pops up, STRL pops up. Now we've got mm-hmm. tunnel tech and we've got vertical and we've got all these other tunnel manufacturers that are all over the place. Um, and I think it was, you know, Alan Metney's great idea to stop licensing SkyVenture tunnels and start selling iFly franchises, which Mm -hmm. in a way I think was a really positive thing because it kind of gave a unified front. It gave the sport and the industry a little bit more legitimacy and some more consistency, Mm -hmm. which is important for people's growth and understanding and, and to kind of keep everything kosher too. If you've got people who are going You've got a a student who flies at one tunnel and they have a certain set of parameters and this is how we teach things here and they show up at a different tunnel and it's totally different. That does make things a little weird and it makes it difficult for that student. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't say it causes animosity, but we we do have to remember that as instructors or people in the sport, we're always trying to provide the best possible instruction and experience for people too. So if we're not all working towards the common goal of being the best we can be, Mm -hmm. then we're almost kind of degrading that person's experience a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Fair so enough. short and sweet of it, uh, you know. Flyaway was the first. Sky Venture came next. We had a bunch of people kind of follow suit and try to imitate. A lot of people have done really well and come out with some really, really fantastic technology. Um, but Flyaway is the first, and hopefully, will be the uh, the next household name for flying as we give some some new life to that hallowed brand.
0: All right. Thank you for that distinction. I really appreciate it. There's yeah. um like honestly I I've, I've never been to Vegas. I've never been to P- pigeon forge and in right. and, and I've been jumping for almost 15 years now um and flying for almost 15 years. Uh my first tunnel that I ever went to was Denver when it was still Kai Ky- or yeah, Sky Venture. Um <laughs> yeah. that was where I met Mike Silva. Uh, so yeah. so uh there's quite a few people that are listening that are going to appreciate that distinction that's also a little bit again of a history lesson for folks because there's not a ton of information that gets talked about or passed around about like the evolution or the progression of like wind tunnels as we know it so appreciate that um moving forward though like you guys sent me a website link for this tunnel okay Mm -hmm. um One thing that I noticed when I was looking through it and reviewing it and taking notes for this episode is that the facility says it's going to act like a full service skydiving, indoor skydiving center. What exactly does that mean?
1: So when I look at other sports and I see how things are progressing and I see the amount of participation, the amount of recognition, uh, popularity, viewership, all of those things, those are all metrics that we need to watch from a business standpoint. Not just to know that we're going to have a healthy business, but on top of that, if you have a healthy business off of a sport, you know the sport's probably doing pretty well itself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when I originally sat down and started designing this dream wind tunnel that I was going to, you know, implement and help radical uh, radicalize the sport and bring it to the masses. I I really, I spent a lot of time looking at racing. I spent a lot of time looking at fighting, soccer, a lot of things, and and really trying to understand what set that sport apart from what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was competing and I looked at myself and said, man, I'm competing. I'm flying 120 plus hours a year. I've got a suit sponsorship. I've got a helmet sponsorship. We were sponsored by some energy drink company that was giving us money to travel, and it was like, man, I, I, I'm a sponsored athlete, but I still work a full time job. I'm I'm at the tunnel for 12 hours. I finish my shift and I hang out for the next three hours to train. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not being able to dedicate as much time to this as I want to. And then you know, competition's great, but most of the people watching are friends and family because it's like, oh, yeah. it's that cool little niche thing you do. Mm -hmm. So I really looked at the competition itself and said, all right, competition really, really needs to be built out. And competition is difficult because it costs a lot of money, number one, to even be good enough to go and compete. Mm -hmm. And then to facilitate a competition is super expensive. To put on a broadcast is super expensive. So you have to have somebody who's ballsy enough to make the investment into making competition worthy of national recognition and taking the disciplines itself. As many people want to crap on Belly, Mm -hmm. uh, Belly is the only legitimate Competition we really have in body flight. Yeah. VFS is definitely getting there. It's been established, it's been there for a really long time. But I mean, as much as I love dynamic and freestyle, the dive pools change so much. So and often. <laughs> the judging is so subjective. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think we're all doing the best that we can. But we've put the the horse before the cart in quite a few situations where it's like well we just need to get this out so we can get this competition so we can make a video mm-hmm. it's like yeah okay cool let's do that but now we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot where this new dive pool uh, of all the people who could have competed that knew the old dive pool you 15 percent of them actually have the the money and time to go and retrain yeah be up to speed to compete at the new comp yep so considering all of those things i wanted to make a facility that was based around competition Mm -hmm. and then i had to figure out how to make it make money
2: yeah
1: (laughs) so that's where the dual tunnel model came from and Mm -hmm. that ray ray was really the one who opened my eyes to it but he made the comparison between a big drop zone and assessment drop zone same thing as a single tunnel facility and a dual tunnel facility. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a single plane drop zone, you could be the best drop zone on the planet. But Saturday rolls around and you got 60 tandems on the manifest, you have mm-hmm. to send those tandems. So, that way you have the money to put your two to three fun jumpers up in the 182 on Wednesday. And as much as that sucks to be that fun jumper on Saturday, riding the bench and be like, come on, man, Dave won't let me get on the plane because he's got tandems. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. Dave's got to make money. Dave's got to eat. And Dave needs fuel for Wednesday when you're coming out here to jump again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we look at drop zones like Chicago or Midwest or Arizona yeah. or Sebastian. You got these drop zones where all these events and stuff are happening all the time. And it's like, man, they have great fun flyer bases and like they got cool stuff happening. Why is that? And it's like, well, they've got eight aircraft. Mm-hmm. So they're at a point where tandems would never support them in the first place. They got too many damn planes. Mm-hmm. So they they've created a necessity for fun jumpers and for fun flyers and people travel from all over the world to those locations to go and do events and do cool things and to get great instruction because they have built a destination for flying. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to take that and do the exact same thing. So we've got two tunnels, the first tunnel in the world that's specific for pro flyers, no first time flyers fly in that tunnel. Uh, And that tunnel, you know, we're we're obviously a business, so we aim to make money with it. But we're very lucky. And I know this is a question for later, but we're we're very lucky with Pigeon Forge and the tourism that they have there. And that makes this business so strong, having that smaller first time flyer tunnel. We book that thing all day. We fly all those first timers and the business is healthy. The business makes money and that allows us to do more things and drives us to fill that 17 foot pro fire tunnel as much as possible. So on top of that, we've got a full gym and recovery center. Um, we're looking to have an athletic trainer on staff as well and a few other PTs or other things um, that a lot of that is me being in the industry and knowing how important it is to be healthy and to keep my staff healthy and to help them have good recovery. But I also Mm -hmm. want to pass that on to other people. So we'll hopefully have all kinds of great resources. Um, we want to be able to provide information and stuff for teams and sponsored athletes and stuff as well to be, you know, at their best capabilities so they can continue to perform and, and have great, um, great training sessions and not be leaving the tunnel hurt, you know? Yeah um and on top of that we've also got a i guess i use full service a lot but we've also got a full full service gear store um i've already set up a handful of dealerships we're gonna sell containers canopies suits helmets pretty much anything and everything you need for you know compression gear travel gear whatever we'll have people on site we can repair suits we'll make patches we'll repair your helmet we've got pretty much everything Um, I just wanted to make it easy for people. I don't want you to have to go to 10 different vendors. Uh, If you want to wear a helmet, you want to buy a helmet, I want you to be able to come in and put that helmet on your head and say, this one fits. I like the way this one fits and have somebody give you an unbiased opinion as to which helmet you should wear or what money you should spend. You know, we we want to just try to give everybody every opportunity they can have.
0: So it sounds what it sounds like to me, and actually Mike Silva used this phrase the other day when I talked to him, because I did my research, I called people and I was like, what's going on with this? Like, if you tell me first, uh, uh, he used the word Mecca. He was like, they're creating a Mecca. Yeah. That's the intention. Yeah. Is like they're yeah. trying to get everything in one place so that yeah. it is easy as possible. Right. Um, that is the goal. Like the end yeah. goal is to have a facility that will meet every single one of your needs in terms yeah. of flying and skydiving. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. And just yeah. listening to you talk about it too. As soon as I asked the question, like within the first minute of you talking, I was like, I know where this is going. He's gonna try <laughs> like that's that's the explanation, is they're trying to, or you guys are trying to create a a a Mecca location. Uh, for flying and skydiving. And honestly, I am shocked that it hasn't happened yet. Like in the world of skydiving, in the world of tunnel, like we, we have these established drop zones across the country, across the world that do exactly what it is you're talking about. They have the drop zone store, they have the, or the gear store, they have a facility to eat and, and get your food. They have places to stay. They have Uh, some drop zones have like residents, like you said, physical therapists that will be there that are there all day long to help out. They have multiple planes, multiple things to like, they have backups for everything to keep things (laughs) moving, you know, like, and, and, uh, the, the first, the the first, um, you you mentioned Scott at Midwest too. Uh, this is my first summer out here. Um, Mm -hmm it is a phenomenal drop zone i was blown away by how much of a machine it is with like yeah. a smaller drop zone feel like right. i was blown away by it yeah. um but on top of that like one of the things keith george said right away at the very beginning of the season is i only want to do enough tandems to keep the lights on so that i can i can sponsor other people and right. compete like that is right. i don't i don't want to do a million tandems i only want to do enough so that i can support the rest of the things that i really right. want to do and and that seems to be another, like, just another version of what it is you said here is, like, you mm-hmm. want to be able to do the things that you have to do in right. order to keep the lights on for everything else that's really, really exciting in the background. So Absolutely. the look of this tunnel, though, okay? So the stuff that's on your website, it's um, it's a model render- rendering right now. Yep. Uh, it's it seems pretty clear to me what it is we're looking at, but for anybody that doesn't know, right? Or anybody that's not gonna understand just looking at the website, uh, right. this tunnel is gonna look and feel like a modern tunnel, right? It's not gonna look absolutely. like the traditional just right. to just to be absolutely clear, because there's gonna be that one person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We are we are using STRL, which was formerly uh Stornia, Stornia Litnov. They're based in the Czech Republic. Okay. Absolutely incredible. We're very, very excited to be working with them. But if you've been to Hurricane Factory Berlin, uh, High Fly Madrid, Windor Real Fly in Imperia, you know, even the the tunnel in Prague, you know, there's, I believe the tunnel in Prague was the first one they ever built. Still very modern, nice tall glass, looks really great. Mm -hmm. Um, So very modern feel. The resort itself, or kind of the interior design for the extension building, we're, we're going for um I'm trying to remember exactly how we phrased it to our architect but it's it's like a modern rustic futuristic swedish lodge <laughs> that's
0: a lot <laughs> so of different genres it is oh, it is God. yeah
1: well you know tennessee <laughs> if you've never been to pigeon forge pigeon forge is a great place and it's it's considered the gateway to the great smoky mountain national park The Smokies are absolutely beautiful. A lot of people crap on them because they're not very tall, but it's one of the oldest mountain ranges in the world. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's also one of the most biodiverse places on the planet. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of really, really cool stuff there. Um, All kinds of beautiful rock formations and a lot of different trees and everything. So we want to really highlight a lot of the geographic uh, you know, geographic influences in the build. So a lot of raw timbers and glass and throwing some modern stuff in there with some concrete and steel, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting. And I think once people see it, it'll be uh, it's going to blow a lot of people away.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, I just wanted to make that distinction because there's always at least that one person who's like, I don't want to go jump at, <laughs> I don't want to go fly at right. Vegas indoor. You know what I mean? I don't like, do want to go
1: in a padded hell yeah. hole. <laughs> Yes.
0: Yes. There's always so, that one person. So I just made yeah. sure to include that and make it be cl- yeah. like clarifying. The,
1: detail. the goal, the goal here is to unveil the next great leap in you know, not only business practice, but also just physical appearance for the tunnels. Okay. And we've also got a very strong intention of keeping those tunnels updated and putting money back into the facilities to keep them as, you know, mm-hmm. pristine and, and uh, operational as possible.
0: Fantastic. Um, so everyone in the skydiving community uh, knows about how US tunnels, for lack of a better word, have alienated a right. huge percentage of jumpers nationwide. Right. Um, it's happened in the last couple of years. It's unavoidable. It's obvious. It's true. Like no one can deny it. Right. Right. It's, it's made it increasingly hard for skydivers and jumpers to have accessibility to those facilities. And we've seen a little bit of a regression in terms of like skill sets just in the last couple of years um, with newer skydivers and newer jumpers who, who want access to these things, but are having such a hard time uh, gaining, gaining that access. Uh, So the next set of questions that I have for you are to clarify some details on, what a lot of those jumpers want to know about, uh, specifically like what your facility can offer them in contrast to what's already out there. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah
2: right. absolutely. Yeah.
0: So do you have an overview of how this tunnel is going to be run in the future? Like, so as a former, like I worked for iFly Minneapolis for three years. Um, yep. I, at, just me, I have a behind the scenes look at like how things are typically run at the average wind tunnel today, but I right. want to hear in your words, like how is it going to be different? Is it going to be different or it will be, will it be similar just on a day-to-day basis of how things are run at your facility?
1: So <laughs> it's, it's going to be pretty different. Obviously okay. the job, the job itself is, is pretty similar, yep. but we've got a lot of different things going for us and a lot of different kind of practices as well. So okay. I, I would say the best way to kind of get into it is to, Slightly explain a little bit of our, I guess, our theory or kind of our bigger picture intentions with the instructor staff. Sure. So um as a trainer, as a T4, as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, um, I myself have been very concerned about my career path. And that's yeah. a question that gets brought up by pretty much every employee I've ever had, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ray will say the same thing, and he's been doing this for 26 years. So in the current industry there's there's really no path for anybody to you know say oh that's that's the goal it's you've got some some dude who runs that tunnel and somebody else externally will probably be brought in to run that tunnel later on so you're kind of just hoping that you're good enough to get recruited by a different facility yeah um at the franchises a lot of time you're just waiting for the old dude to keel over and then hope that you get his slot <laughs> Which is unfortunate, but that's just the reality. So what we wanted to do is of our whole instructor staff, we're looking to probably have anywhere between 20 and 30 full time instructors that actually work for us as employees. And then we will have a very broad network of people um, like Mikey or you know anybody else who wants it. We've had quite a few conversations, but I'm not sure how comfortable those people are with me talking about them. But um, essentially, we'll have a very large 1099 workforce or contractor workforce under us. So the the plan is, let's say, just for example, Mike Silva, the man, the myth, the legend, he (laughs) wants to come and facilitate um, camps at our tunnel. He wants to come and just do coaching, or maybe he wants to come and, you know, he wants to moonlight as a trainer. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have the time, nor do you live in Pigeon Forge. So I don't expect you to be a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. However, I know that you have a lot to offer. So let's negotiate, uh, let's negotiate a contract basis. I'm going to pull you out here on contract and you do whatever you need to do. You'll get a, you know, a, a tunnel time rate within your contract. We'll outline what it is you're going to do for us inside that contract. And then you go on and do your thing. So it's a really healthy working relationship where our staff and our business is able to fully accept everything Mikey has to give us. Mm-hmm. We're able to give him everything he needs, and then he goes on and does his thing when he's you know ready to be done with us, and he'll come back when he's ready. Okay. If we hire, um, you know, we hire a, an existing instructor that wants to work for us for the long haul, we'll bring him on we've got a couple different career paths that we've kind of identified. So we still have the traditional trainer path, but we're able to expand on that because we have a much larger staff in itself. Mm -hmm. So we need a lot more trainers, but we are also going to be offering courses in a way and, and coaching in a way that's really never been offered before. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but that really opens up a lot of opportunities for people who, who love the sport, and love being what Ray and I call a grinder. They like showing up to the tunnel every day. They like busting their ass and they love being in the wind working with people. Yeah. So we kind of give that that type of person their opportunities. And then the other path, um, we've got people who will be brand ambassadors or that's kind of that 1099 path. Once people Mm -hmm. get good enough to go and coach and kind of go do whatever, we say, okay, cool. If you don't want to be here full-time anymore, here's your contracted rate. Go out. You want to go do the boogie circuit? Go out, do the boogie circuit. Sell tunnel time, come back, run camps. Go do the thing. We're happy to give you a rig with flyaway on it. Happy to give you a suit with flyaway on it. We love you. Hopefully you love us. We want to empower you and allow you to go out into the sport and give everyone the knowledge that we have invested in you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, somebody walks in off the street, they've never instructed before, they're probably going to work just in the first time flyer tunnel for a minimum of a year. Um, we've talked about maybe two years, but we want you to fully understand the the gravity and risks associated with the sport, what it takes to you know actually work in it. So it gives people enough time to live in it and see if it works for their life and kind of see which way they want to go with it. And by the time they're they're getting to the end of their you know first time flyer stint,
2: mm-hmm. we'll
1: let them move into the pro flyer tunnel and then they can kind of choose which way they go from there. So okay. the, the idea is to really empower people as much as possible, knowing that either way, if we hire you, whether you're experienced or you're somebody new, if we bring you into that team, we're going to be making a massive emotional, time, knowledge, and monetary investment into you. At Mm -hmm. retail value, I'm worth over a million dollars worth of tunnel time that I've flown and training and instruction that I've received at retail. So Mm -hmm. obviously that's not the cost that the business incurred, but I mean, that's still, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that one person even, even at cost, I'm worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you invest all that time and energy into that one person. We need to find as many ways as possible to retain them and to let them do what they want to do, what they're good at and empower them to continue to do that for as long as possible. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's just beneficial for everyone.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the, I, I would say, okay, so there's a lot There's a lot to unpack there. And there's, a, <laughs> there's a couple of things that like stuck out that I really want to make, uh, make a note of and like yeah. reiterate uh right. just the last thing that you said um the fact that like you have to invest so much in your in your staff and your people and you want to retain them right like it right. costs a lot of money to make make an instructor like just yeah. just a level one that can take belly flyers and first-time right. flyers right like right. they're it's like 15 grand just to put them through yeah. just to put them through an fitp right? right uh so it is a substantial amount of money and if you have people consistently leaving the sport or le- leaving the industry after that because mm-hmm. they're unhappy with the situation. They're un- unhappy with the management. They're unhappy with the facility or the environment or the atmosphere right. or whatever it is, right? That's $15,000 out the window and now you're down, right? right. And so prices go up. Yeah. Uh, things get shitty, like environments get <laughs> shitty, like atmosphere. So like, that is a super, super important detail. I think that like not enough tunnels nationwide right now are made like they, it, I absolutely.
1: And another thing that I is, is, uh, invaluable and really hard to recognize too, is what that experience also entails, not just the amount of money you've invested into me and mm-hmm. not just my rating, but, um, there, there was an instance where, um, Virginia Beach being a very military heavy tunnel, we have a lot of veterans and stuff come in. We do a lot of charity work. We have a lot of different events come in. So um, the amount of people we've flown with disabilities or maybe amputations or anything, that's a pretty frequent thing for us. Mm-hmm. But when we have a new guy, you see them presented with a situation and they're like, man, it's not something we brief in FITP because what's the what's the actual real world likelihood of somebody coming in that's missing both arms? Uh, you know, like it's it's yep. super super rare. So it's been it's been amazing to see where Virginia Beach has a pretty experienced staff. We're lucky that we retain people for a decent bit, and um, you know we've got a lot of guys who have a lot of time under their belt. So guys that you know they're six or eight months into the job and they're like, "What do I do?" They mm-hmm. listen, and then they kind of watch us in practice. And now you've got somebody who's been doing the job for a year. And they're presented with a difficult situation and because they've been able to learn from example and see the decision that I made in that situation or how I fixed that situation, They're, they're almost through osmosis getting my 11 years or raised 26 years of experience. And we're just flattening the curve for them We're Mm -hmm. we're giving them so many more opportunities for success because they don't have to go through all the hurdles and pain that we did. Yep. So I think that's really the other hidden benefit to having retention in your staff is it's not just good for the people you're retaining. It's Mm going to make your new people a million times better too.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, One of the other things that I wanted to make a note of too, as well is, man, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Oh no, (laughs) I should have written it down. Oh, okay, I know what it is, sorry. One of the other things I wanted to mention is uh, interrelationships between drop zones and tunnels, right? There is such a lack of that nationwide. Like uh, the tunnel business boomed for like five years, four years, five years, right? right? And there was really not a lot of crossover between drop zones and and tunnels, right? There was really no established relationship, even right. when tunnels were being built in the middle of skydiving hubs, right? Yeah. Um, what kind of um, things are you going to be doing to increase your presence on drop zones nationwide? You talked about the boogie circuit, which was an amazing thing. SkyVenture did for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but what else, what else do you guys have in mind? So, you
1: know, that's really enabling, I think is I I would say our biggest goal from uh, across the board. And by doing that, you know, we've, we've put a decent amount of effort into kind of building out our skeletons for the sponsorship, uh, opportunities and for brand ambassadors and different things like that. So the way the way we look at it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm sorry if this comes across kind of crass or people are like, oh, I'm fucking business guy, but it, it is unfortunately kind of how we have to look at it. But if I invest in you mm-hmm. and by the time you're ready to go out on the boogie circuit or to go and run your own angle camps or whatever it is that you're doing, um, you've already built recognition for yourself, mm-hmm. and I've been lucky enough to be a part of that recognition. But you yourself are a brand. You're yep. attached to Flyaway because you've been a part of it, mm-hmm. but it's still you. It's your name. It's your knowledge. It's your human interaction with people. That's what they want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So i i I, I want to capitalize on that. And it's good for both of us because I keep you happy and I keep you in business Mm -hmm. and then you keep bringing me new customers. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to launch, like the last thing I want to do is spend a couple million dollars on a national marketing campaign to put commercials on Nickelodeon and Disney channel to try to get a bunch of people come out when I can take, the top 25 to 50 skydivers and coaches in the world and say, I love you and what you do. The world loves you too. I'm going to give you a rate. We're going to bring you onto our team and I want to deck you out and all my stuff. And then (laughs) you go out and let's use your notoriety and let's help each other because you have clientele that want to work with you. And I want to give you a platform to do it Mm -hmm. and take that platform and run with it, man, because it's going to be great for both of us.
0: Yep. I mean, that's, that is how every, uh, sponsor, uh, like sponsor run relationship of uh, right. an individual and a company works, right? Like right. that's exactly how it works. Um, Garrett, uh, Bloodworth, he, in it, he mentions something about how his, his relationship with his sponsors has been so great. And it's because yeah. he puts out, he is very careful to, um, put out a specific type of working persona when he right. is coaching and when he is interacting with students and when he is at tunnels, uh, coaching people. Um, and as a result, he gets treated really, really well yeah. because he has built this, this brand for himself. And he, he's like one of the, like, man, we actually even talked about it, about how, uh, singular his, uh, his brand is that he's developed, yeah. you know, on his right. own over the years, how successful that brand is. Um, yeah. Uh, and he, he, he makes a note to say like, this is why my relationships with my sponsors are so great. It's because I've done X, Y, Z. It's because they've taken care of me and I've given right. it back tenfold. Right. So right. like every single one of those relationships, I, it is correct. Like it, no matter, no matter how you look at it, it's a transaction. And to some people that's always going to rub people. Right. It's, it's always going to rub some people the wrong way, but that's the reality of It's like both people, both ends of the spectrum have to get something out of it in order for it yeah. to be a, wor- a working relationship. Um, I think. Too Like there, there have been a lot of attempts to create more of that in like the tunnel skydiving world and it just hasn't gotten traction. I think I know why, but I don't want to say it here because I don't (laughs) want to, I don't want to attract unwanted attention, but, but, um, but, but like the reality is, is it just hasn't taken off and it's right. refreshing to hear that like you're trying to invest so much in like the community of flyers and the community mm-hmm. of, of coaches that you are bringing to the table here. Um, Like this, this entire uh sport that we do is all about community, right? And so if you're Absolutely. not giving, you're not giving back to the people that you treasure or that you right. value, like how, yeah. how are you going to continue it on? So that's great. Like, yeah. that's awesome.
1: Very I think cool. it's a, it's a huge thing too, where skydiving in itself, tunnel flying is in itself, you talk to somebody off the street and you have that first time flyer who's like, so have you ever jumped out of an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> and you say, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a couple hundred jumps. And they're like, oh my God, you've done it more than once. Like people, mm-hmm. they don't understand how it is just kind of another thing. And I, what I've started telling first timers is like, man, what do you do for work? And they're like, oh, I'm an oil technician. I'm like, how many oil changes do you do a day? Mm -hmm. I shot video for a four-way team. That's why I did 12 or 16 jumps a day is that was my job. So like if you counted how many oil changes you've done in your life, it's hundreds Mm -hmm. of thousands. It's, it gets a little different than when we're dissecting it that way. But I think a lot of people who get into the sport, they're still looking for that Red Bull experience that just like, it's crazy adrenaline. (laughs) And People like Garrett, people like Ben Roon, like Mike, Mm -hmm. um, uh, S, uh, rhythm STC uh, XP rhythm I think mm-hmm. is a fantastic example of somebody who has taken something that uh, on the surface level is this extreme thing and then really done it in a beautifully orchestrated highly professional manner. and mm-hmm. that's really what the sport needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're so much safer and we're so much better and capable of more when when people are better prepared and better educated, that's when ingenuity sparks. Because mm-hmm. now, instead of having that 200 jump wonder that's like, I'm trying to sit fly, and they're a basket case and a, 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 you know, a safety hazard, uh, you have somebody who's been educated, they understand the risk, they're able mm-hmm. to think outside the box they know what else is happening on that skydive so they're no longer a risk now they can start putting energy and focus into how can we complicate this what mm-hmm. else can we do where can this go it's it's no longer fighting for survival it's now looking for the next great thing
0: yeah okay that's i mean that's great it's everything you're saying is like <laughs> like I'm just like yes yes to all of the things like these are all the answers that people have been wanting to hear for a very long time. You've meant you've touched on every little bit of like conversation pieces that have popped up of like i don't know why they don't do this this is what they should do so right. there's there's lots of little conversations like that that have been had in the last just the last few years and uh aspirations and goals like this for your right. facility like that's awesome like those are all things i think people are going to want to hear um the the mention or excuse excuse me, the, the website has mentioned that you'll be offering more than one way to acquire time, um, for customers. Okay. Uh, membership programs. There's a, there's a mention of that. Um, I assume people will probably be able to buy time the normal traditional way, but in addition to that, how else are you guys going to be offering that product to people? So
1: we, we have quite a few different avenues and it's really to suit as many people as possible to make it easy for people. And, um, again just enabling people to fly the last thing i want to do is tell you nowhere to make it hard to do it so Mm -hmm. we'll have standard uh you know retail tunnel time we'll have standard block packages and all of those things we'll also have a handful of different membership options okay as far as the membership goes i mean the simplest breakdown we have a lifetime membership we have a yearly membership a six month and then a monthly membership um and the goal with that essentially the membership gives you access not only to discounted tiered tunnel time. So the more you buy, the cheaper it gets, but it yep. also gets you access to everything else. So it gets you access to the gym and recovery center. It gets you discounts at the pro shop. We've got early sign up for events and camps. We'll let you know who's coming into town so you can sign up before you know we open it up to the masses, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um the goal really, we don't want to ostracize anyone. You know, we're not trying to say anybody's better than the other, but I do recognize that there are a lot of people in the sport who, you know, they go out and they spend all of their money on jumping in the summer. And then mm-hmm. in the wintertime, they say, all right, my next goal for next year, I want to be able to angle. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go work on my, my head down in face carving. I'm going to work on my head down out face carving and uh, maybe my layouts. And I'm going to mm-hmm. try to kind of beef up my dynamic skills and my awareness on my belly and back. Mm -hmm. And they come into the tunnel, and they spend that time over the winter, and then we're not going to see them again for, you know, six, eight months. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. So I don't, number one, you know, we want to offer a monthly or a six month membership. So somebody who just wants to commit for those times and get the access then, cool, by all means, go for it. There's also people who maybe they don't like the tunnel. Maybe they don't want to fly in it. Maybe they don't need it. So they just want to come in and fly. And, you know, for that, we you don't have to have a membership. You still fly in the pro flyer tunnel. We've got access to bulk flyer rates, all of those things. Okay. Um, just trying to keep it easy for people. Yeah. Uh, the other option is... Somebody who's a contractor will have their rate, but what we want to do to simplify it and to kind of keep everybody in the legal best way too, because I mean, especially with all the new restrictions on Cash App and Venmo and how we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be filing our taxes with that. Um, what we're, and that's a big reason why we're making all of those people 1099 employees is if uh Rafa Schweiger or whoever comes out and does a camp at my facility, instead of you having to do a handshake deal with Rafa and pay him and Venmo him, and then he has to work his money out and then transfer mm-hmm. it and worry about getting back into Europe. Um, we just have a contractor rate with him. We say, mm-hmm. okay, how much do you want to make on your hour? Mm-hmm. How much do you need to make? Cool this is what we sell the tunnel time for. So we're going to adjust the price. We're going to sell this. You're going to make your rate. We're going to cover the cost of tunnel time and people just pay us direct through the tunnel. If they have time on account, they're a member, whatever. We just keep it easy. Um, We've got um, some good stuff in the works with our point of sale and everything. So hopefully there'll be a a, a lot of technical or (laughs) technological advances in the point of sale and making it easy for people. So you can just book time from your phone and Mm -hmm. keeping stuff modern. So- goal is you know simplifying enable across the board. okay
0: awesome i mean that's a that's a huge point of contention i think for a lot of people nationwide right now is that the the um way that they book time, the way that they buy time is constantly changing. The rate is oh, constantly yeah. changing. Right. They don't understand why the rate is changing. They're not being told. So I think right. it's important, like it's important to make that distinction so that people have a stepping stone of like where it's going to, you know, like what to yeah. expect, you know, moving right. forward with that kind well, of thing.
1: It always feels shady. You're yeah. you're like, hey man, I want to buy some tunnel time. I want to learn how to back fly. And you say, okay, mm-hmm. cool. You go pay the front desk and then you pay me. And they're like, mm-hmm. wait, go. Why? Yeah. <laughs> if they're not exposed to that. And even still, you know, you got somebody who's been doing it for a while and they're like, man, it'd mm-hmm. just be easier if I could just pay you for the time. And there are like paraclete made it super easy where mm-hmm. we had an instructor rate. So like people could just pay me for their time and coaching and I could pay for everything, you know, mm-hmm. but that made it great. That made it yep. easier for people. And it was one of those things that it was like, well, wow, hell man, like I want to take that and make it even easier. And then it's like, if, if I can just pay the tunnel as a customer and then the tunnel just pays the instructor, what they want or what they're owed, mm-hmm. and then everybody's good. Okay, cool. We're we're all good. We keep it easy.
0: Yeah, it's um that is uh that's a really uh good important note for people to understand. Of like, uh, for a long time, it was exactly what you talked about about how like you paid for the time up front, you paid the coach individually. You know, right. um, some of it was behind the scenes, some of it was not. You know, right. And um, when they switched it over to how everything is going directly through the business, people didn't understand why the instructors mm-hmm. didn't understand why. No one was told. No one was, you you know what I mean? Like, like the explanation of why was not communicated effectively to anybody involved. And it created a lot of, uh, problems and hostility amongst, you know, the community and, to, to lay it out just so plainly, you know, of like, you're going to pay the facility, the facility is going to give the, uh, you know, all of the, uh, money out to the appropriate, you know, channels or uh, right. appropriate people. Um, like that is a relationship that, uh, we have with the coach, the coach is going right. to, you, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's imp- an important distinction to make, I think for a lot of people that might be listening. Um, so that it's like plain as day, it's super clear, like what is about to happen, what's going to go on. Like, that's awesome. I appreciate yeah. that. We appreciate the sure. transparency, like across the board. Very nice, thank you. Um, what have you gauged the time costing at this drops or at this tunnel right now um, at, at a facility of this size? So the, like
1: the intended rate um, mm-hmm. for retail time is a thousand bucks an hour, just because that's yep. pretty much industry standard, right? And there's that's just the industry. Mm-hmm. As far as member time, member time starts at six hundred bucks an hour and goes down from there.
0: Holy shit! Okay. Continue. Uh,
1: we're still kind of working out the tiers, but right now um, the tier numbers that we've been working with are 10, um, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100, 200. And that's okay. kind of where all the price breaks are as far as the chunks of time. Um, uh, you know, a big thing, Ray's talked about it a lot, not to, not to, you know, shit on any other business out there, but When you just look at first-time flyers and you say, man, we want to fly a bunch of first-time flyers because they pay a premium, uh, it's like going into the orange grove and trying to squeeze all the juice out of the biggest orange. Mm -hmm. But there's millions of oranges on the ground that are willing to give you juice. You just got to work a little bit for it. So that's really kind of our same philosophy is I I would much rather fill my tunnel for 24 hours a day at a $500 rate with people who have been spending money with me for a long time. -hmm. Than to sell one hour of $2,000 an hour tunnel time. Yeah. Because a lot of people would say, hey, it's the biggest diameter tunnel in the US. You guys are offering all these things. You got this beautiful facility. You could charge as much as you want. And Mm -hmm. in reality, we could. But I understand that price is important. And if you're going, if you're the type of person who wants to fly a lot and you want to excel and you want to continue doing this, I would be much better off giving you a decent rate, a very competitive rate, and keep you in the states instead of going to Europe. Empower you to fly, and then I get to keep you as a customer for a million times longer. And if I charge you a thousand dollars for an hour, and you spent that thousand bucks, that's the only thousand dollars I'm ever going to get from you. Mm-hmm. But if I charge you six hundred bucks for an hour, and now you buy two, I've already made two hundred more dollars than I was going to mm-hmm. make before. Yep. There's operational costs for the business, but we're all better off if I can keep you as a customer for longer and, and retain money flowing from you to me. You know, yeah. and that is, it's another business view, but it's one that as a customer and as an, an employee in the industry, I understand that that's what's going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. So why don't we make this as lucrative and beneficial as a relationship as possible?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a great attitude to have about it, you know, in terms of like, how do I get these customers, but retain them? You know, how do I get people to come back? How do I continue to build this? How do I get, how do I make my community bigger and better than not the competition that's out there? Like, you know, um, you could charge more and make more money that way but in terms of longevity the op- the alternative is going to produce uh better uh relationships with your community and your customer base long term anyway right? right uh that being said though um will there be more information you don't have to explain it now cuz like you could get into the ins and outs and, like we we could talk for hours <laughs> yeah, about like all the tiny little details here about this but um will there be an opportunity or some sort of uh documentation or something for people who are interested in the membership program, but aren't understand how to get to that $600 rate. Yeah. Like, yeah, we yeah. don't, like I said, we don't need to get into it right now because we could talk yeah. for forever about those small details, but, <laughs> yeah. um,
1: where so right would now, that stuff be
0: accessible? So right
1: now we've launched a campaign on Indiegogo. Um, so we have some, uh, we have a lifetime membership and a founders package listed on there. Mm -hmm. And then we've got some tunnel time packages as well. Um, And then I have a phone call very soon with the uh, company that's going to be developing our point of sale. And we'll be integrating that into our website that will have far more information and everything listed on it as well. Okay. I'm not very tech savvy as an individual. So, you know, our website um, I've got a great it guy and marketing lady, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, longtime friends and and family of mine who developed the website for us. And then I've kind of gone in and done some content management and done some different posts and stuff on there. But hopefully by the beginning of the year, we'll have a very content rich website with a lot of opportunities for people to be involved in the project or go ahead and, uh, you know, secure some tunnel time or some memberships for themselves and also be able to find very clear and transparent information on the project as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, like one of those things that it was one of those things, like trying to wrap your head about how, around how that really benefited customers right. and how it benefited, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was yep. just like people were asking for it and then they were given this opportunity to do it, but the opportunity didn't really seem worth the while. And it, you know, right. so it's, yep. um, I'm just, just curious, like that was, that was really what it was is yep. I was curious whether or not there was going to be a more broken down explanation of yes. what people are getting out of that rather yep. than, you know, Okay. Right. Perfect. Wait, like I said, we don't have to get into it. Cause like there's a million details. You could get it. You could, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, absolutely.
2: Yes. Um,
0: cool. That will be available for people to look at later on sometime sometime in the future. Appreciate yes. that. Yep. Um, how are your instructors going to be trained? How are your new instructors going to be trained? Is it going to be still with the IBA? Will it be, how, how so is that going to work?
1: We're looking to be a multi-rated facility. Um, Ray has had some conversations with uh, tunnelinstructor.com or tunnelinstructor.org, which is the European rating system. So we're going to be hopefully rated through them. Yep. We'll, if everything goes well, we'll retain our IBA ratings and we'd love to be IBA rated. And Mm -hmm. then we are developing our own internal rating system, uh, mainly for liability purposes. Not to say that the IBA or tunnelinstructor.com are doing anything wrong. They're Mm -hmm. not. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of great information there. They've got a got a lot of great practices. Um, but how we're going to do things just to make sure that we are covering all of our bases and holding ourselves accountable, um, we'll be developing our own rating system. The the goal is like, I, I don't want somebody to come to our tunnel and invest a bunch of money in flying and then not mm-hmm. be able to go and fly at their home tunnel. Yeah. We're we're not trying to get people to just fly at away. I want people to fly. Mm-hmm. Flying is good for all of us. So yep. Um, you know, if you come and you take a head down course with us and you learn to fly head down, you should be able to go and fly head down at your home tunnel. So Mm -hmm. the goal is to have every rating available so we can sign you off to whatever criteria you need so you can continue to do the thing you want to
0: do. Awesome. Okay, cool. That's a great explanation. It needs no further (laughs) uh, 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 elaboration. I appreciate that. Um, So moving forward, are you going to be reaching out primarily for uh seasoned instructors to help start the business or are you looking for brand new employees like no mix
1: both Uh, a mix for sure we're being hyper selective with the people that are experienced that we bring on and then we are going to be building a pretty big um team of new blood Okay. um We're excited about that too. And we're with the resort edition. that kind of stretches our timeline a little bit, which is good in a lot of ways where we'd already intended to have like three to four months of an operational tunnel and a staff that was just training. We -hmm. we didn't want to do the the tunnels on, let's start flying people. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have a staff that was cohesive and trained together every day for a long time. And Mm -hmm everybody could talk and you could communicate. And you look at the dude in the driver's booth and you ask him if he's hungry and he doesn't get confused. He just says, yeah, man, I want a burrito. And people people outside the industry don't realize how important that is. But having that relationship and having that understanding makes everybody's experience a million times better because as an instructor, I'm not in the tunnel like, oh my god, this driver is going to kill me and my student. I can give my homie a side eye, and he's going to give me exactly what I need because yeah. we both we both know what's going on. So that's yep. a really important thing. So we're very happy to kind of have a, a lengthier timeline on the front end, so we can spend a lot of time training with our staff.
0: That's good. I mean, that's a that's something I think nobody at I fly Minneapolis. It was expecting when we all went to work there. Um, right. The entire, well, with the exception of like two or three people um, on that OG staff uh, of like twelve or thirteen, yeah. um, most everyone was brand new. They were fresh off of FITP. They hadn't done a ton of work with other other tunnels. They hadn't right. really had the opportunity to run into any of those experiences or situations where like the communication problems arose you know right. um so there was a lot of flustered you know conversations there was a lot of uh confusion to begin with too as well um we didn't really have like a ton of the resources that other drop or other tunnels did at the right. time with trainers and you know it, it was just it was a lot going on with a lot of brand new blood so like that's a that's a cool thing to say and not a lot of people consider especially if you don't have a good Background in this, or if you, or if you've never been in that situation.
1: Right.
0: Um I guess it's not even something I really thought about either. And I was one of those instructors to begin with, you know. Um <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like it it would be so different with an established crew opening a drops or opening a tunnel. Like it would be right. so so much of a different experience. So um that's a that's a cool distinction to make. I think I I appreciate that. Um, that being said though, what is the state of the project at the moment? What's the current state? Where are you guys so, at?
1: We are, uh, we originally had a different piece of property locked up when it was just going to be a standalone one tunnel. And okay. um, I, I said earlier, this resort, the adventure themed resort is a fairly new addition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, four months old or so at this point, but it's okay. it's really been absolutely incredible for us. So we are now looking at a new piece of property. We're in negotiations with that. Uh, we've closed with a handful of our investors who'd originally committed to us, which is absolutely okay. fantastic. Um, we've been approved for a $25 million construction loan and have <laughs> we've uh, also had at least some initial conversations with some, some major players and some big developers. So things are moving very well for us. That's really the biggest thing that the resort has brought to the table is number one, it makes it a million times easier for us as a business to Mm -hmm. get customers in the door yep first timers it's great skydivers it's great because the last thing a skydiver wants to do like yeah people people say they want to travel for cheap tunnel time but if I put my tunnel in the middle of the desert with nothing around there, I could sell a $200 hour and not that many people are going to want to come because there's not anything else to do. Mm-hmm. So man, I'm just going to sit at the tunnel all day and eat at that one McDonald's and uh, yeah. crash at La Quinta and that'll be my day. Mm-hmm. So it really gives us the ability to offer a world-class experience for people too, where you know we were going to have the lodging in the facility, but now we've got a full hotel and we're still We've built out a custom skydiver floor. A lot of that has to do with our DOD contracting as well. So there'll be some split access. But if people want to come and have the skydiver type DZ experience, we have a floor that is specifically like skydiver condos and dormitories. And it's Mm -hmm. like your four-way team can come in and rent a dorm. And come in, and you guys have a shared living space. You got a shared kitchen. You do your thing. You've got Mm -hmm. direct access to the tunnel. If somebody wants a more luxurious experience, they can just go and rent a standard room and do their thing. And we can include that in their tunnel time package. But now it makes it a million times easier. It's it's a simple process. Fly uh, Fly Spot has done a fantastic job with the all inclusive package. So we're kind of mirroring that in a way where we say, hey, you fly into Knoxville, our shuttle comes and picks you up. We bring you to the facility, and then you check into your room, you Mm -hmm. come in, you fly your tunnel time, we've already got your coach set up for you. Here's all your pre manifested time. Go in there, go do the thing. Enjoy your time. Here's your meal vouchers. Here's your experience voucher. You said you wanted to go do X experience. So here's your tickets and go on out there. So it, it allows us to give people an opportunity to say i'm really serious about the sports so i want to come to this ultimate training center and have all the things i need or that same you know or a different skydiver that says man i really want to go fly but i also like doing other things mm-hmm. and we get to give them that opportunity as well
0: okay uh You mentioned on the website, some of your major players, the major investors that you have are, I mean, I think it's important to note like oh, absolutely. people listening are going to know this, like know these names like Travis Pastrana and Nitro Circus. You guys are involved with them.
1: Yeah. How's that going? Man. And and that's, that has been a whirlwind and it's, (laughs) (laughs) so Ray flew Travis for Travis's first time in a one tunnel ever. He flew him in (laughs) Vegas when Travis was like 14 or something and they've kept in touch. Mm -hmm. and Travis is a skydiver and flies in the tunnel. He has daughters fly in the tunnel as well. So he's, he's got a big place in his heart for flying, which is awesome. And Mm -hmm. um, him and Ray have kind of always talked about doing something. And when I brought Ray on and Ray was like, well, maybe we could talk to Travis. And I was like, dude, we got to talk (laughs) to Travis. We we need anybody. We need Travis. And it was, man, it was such a whirlwind because so many people, I'm a tunnel instructor, you know, I'm not, I'm not anybody, but I've been, I've sat down and I've had these conversations with people who are worth a hundred million dollars and had to fight tooth and nail Mm -hmm. to convince them why this makes sense and why wind tunnels are awesome. Cause it's some dude who's like, I own a bunch of, you know, Seven Elevens. What's, what do I need to do in a wind tunnel? That's stupid. Why does anybody do that? Yeah. But when we talked to Travis, we said, Hey man, we got this idea. We want to run by you and started talking about the tunnel. He's like, I'm in. We're like, no, we gotta give you more details. He's like, no, man, I'm in. You're good. <laughs> so there's there's a lot more that needs to be built out with that. But um Travis is one of our investors and we're going to be doing something with Nitro Circus. We're still kind of talking through it, but we know Travis is gonna come out and do a couple events at the facility as well, which I, I'm I'm so excited for because he's such an incredible guy he's so humble he's so talented and he brings brings a lot to the table too so i think we're going to be able to do a lot of cross action sport cool stuff Mm
0: -hmm. that's the goal I mean, I, I imagine I, I don't know. I'm not super fleshed out in all the things that he's involved in. Um, mm. but I imagine that there will probably be a, a large opportunity just having an affiliation with him, oh, yeah. like in whatever yeah. sense, like however yeah. it ends up playing out. Um, I imagine there will be a lot of crossover between things like uh other extreme events, extreme sports events, uh yeah. like the X games, uh oh, yeah, you yeah. know, uh I'm I'm not Again, I'm not very well versed in, in all the things that he's involved in or he is directly affiliated with, but I imagine there's going to be tons and tons of things. Yeah. Um, like there's and there's call for it too. I yep. think the first year that Minneapolis was open, the X games were in yep. Minneapolis. They were held yep. the winter X games were were held in um Maybe it was the summer. Can't remember. But uh, there was a ton of skateboarders that came in for an event at I yep. Mini Minneapolis. So there's tons of there's tons of crossover. Like if you look at yep. Red Bull and you look at uh all the other uh extreme sports crossovers like with Monster and all those other uh brands, like there's tons yep. of crossover for this kind of stuff. And like it's a huge, untapped market that the tunnel industry and skydiving in general have right. not accessed. And yeah. it's Michig seems- Brusco
1: is a great example of that.
0: Who? Mickey? Mickey Brusco? Brusco, yes. So Mitchie. he was he was part of the crew that came right. out for that uh for that yeah. uh event at iFly Minneapolis. Um, yeah. it was right after he had won gold at that right. event. So Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. There there are a bunch of people and you know Travis has even talked about like a lot of European motocross guys like Mhm. They're riding in Sweden, and they're like, "Man, I see all these people base jumping. I'm pretty crazy. Well, let me go base jump too." So there, mm-hmm. there's it, it's just like-minded people, or people kind of cut from the same cloth, and they they have that same desire to kind of push themselves and do something extreme, and it, it makes sense for them to kind of do this, do similar sports like that. So I, I think there are a significant amount of people who mm-hmm. are internationally recognized extreme sports athletes that fly and sky mm-hmm. and nobody knows that they do it <laughs> you so, know,
0: this is a weird idea here and i'm just yep. throwing it out there because we're talking about major, major names um do you know who jojo siwa is
1: Yeah. 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 So, so my daughter really likes her and she's got a movie or whatever, like her birthday or something. She goes and flies in Ontario or Hollywood.
0: She is. I don't know if she's an active flyer anymore, but I know Uh, when she was a teenager, she was there on a regular basis. Like, I'm not sure how you would get in contact with someone like that, but.
1: It's hard. I'll <laughs> like, tell you, it's um, hard to get but, in contact with anyone. <laughs> but
0: there's, there's, there's a huge, like, I mean, there's so many opportunities for stuff like that. Like she, I mean, she's a huge public figure yeah, like for, yeah. for the younger generation. And like, right. There's, it's not just in one area, you know, like all you need is just the right, the right grouping of people and then suddenly it explodes. So I, right. uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a really cool, uh, <laughs> little detail to uh, keep in mind. Like there's, this is the direction, this is one of the directions you guys are trying to go is, yeah. is in this vein of, um, extreme sports. So, yeah. Yeah. um, what do you need moving forward for success though?
1: so i mean we just need to get this thing we need to get this ball rolling and putting a a project of this size into motion costs Mm -hmm. a lot of money Uh, Mm -hmm. um we've spent a decent amount of money and are continuing to spend money so you know for anyone who is interested in supporting the project uh either as an investor or just you know supporting the project i mentioned earlier we do have our indiegogo open so there's some uh opportunities there for people to support the project and get some perks with that as well they can get some discounted memberships and tunnel time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then as far as investors go um the the beautiful thing about the investors that we've we we have and we've closed with so far is pretty much all of them are somebody that we know personally that has been a student or a coworker or a friend or we've met them through flying and they've stuck with us for a long time that's really i can't tell you how many people i've talked to I talked to them four years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago. Hey, man, I want to do this thing. And they're like, yeah, let me know. I want to give you money. And they're still, you know, I'll come back and be like, hey, things are a little bit different now, but you still, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm still in. And it's mm-hmm. the amount of support that we've had and people who have believed in the project has really been incredible. And I think that's been one of the biggest indications to me that we're on the right path. We're doing the right thing. And that's what's going to make us successful. So mm-hmm. Um, You know, we're looking for like-minded people. If there's skydivers or tunnel flyers out there that like what they hear and want to see the sport do better and have the ability to invest um, our minimum investments, 25,000 bucks, it gets you a convertible note um, at five years at a 10% interest rate. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that might not be for you, (laughs) but if you do know what I'm talking about, feel free to, you know, reach out and we can give you some more information on that and uh, get closed, but yeah. We are, you know, we're moving pretty quickly. I think that's been the great thing. Is I, I've been working on this project for almost seven years now, mm-hmm. and Ray and I started asking people, uh, or I guess started pitching investors um, about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was kind of slow moving and we didn't really get anywhere uh, for a while because we're two tunnel instructors. And it took it took a few hurdles and it took a lot of us learning what we're talking about and where we're going and how we're going to do it to make this a successful project. And yeah, um, we ended up bringing on an experienced CEO. He was introduced to us by one of our employees, actually, but he's been absolutely incredible. His name's Josh Rubin. Um, He's been a really great asset to us. He's taken up flying. He had some skydives from his military experience, but now I coach him and his son pretty much every weekend. Yeah. They love to fly. They've taken it up. And Josh has really, he, he's helped us legitimize the business and really brought all the experience and expertise and network that we've needed. And, um, Josh is really the big reason the kind of the brainchild behind the resort aspect. And when, when we put the resort together and started pitching that to these bigger people, and Josh was able to take that back to his connections at the bank and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. They're like, absolutely. We want to give you guys money. So that's why we've been getting all these bigger investors as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's been really great to have them. And I think it, uh, it, it allows Ray and I to really, I don't want to say run wild, but Josh gives us the structure and legitimacy to really say, all right, man, we (laughs) have all these dreams. We have all these intentions. Not only are we going to be able to act on them, but we have somebody who shares those passions and is going to help us stay accountable as well.
0: Awesome. Um, That, I mean, that's a, that's a huge chunk of information that a lot of people are going to need to hear, you know, Uh, like, Financially, what is it you guys need? What do you guys need moving forward? I think. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, give me one second. It's late, and I have been working all day. And I, I had the thought, and I just lost it. Oh my gosh! Oh no!
1: I think um, what you're probably going <laughs> to ask is is how what's our actual fundraising goal?
0: No, I was I huh? was not I was not going to ask that because that seems yeah. like a that seems like a detail you might I don't know if no, you want no. you no, want that a, out there. Okay, fine go detail, go so. ahead. That, Go ahead.
1: So essentially we're our, our goal is to raise between five and ten million for this first phase. Okay. And we've had commitments for eight and a half million. Okay. We've closed with quite a few investors. So we've got a couple hundred thousand dollars coming in, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, however, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world, and timing is obviously hard for people. Like I said, a lot of people, you know, have been committed to the project for years, mm-hmm. and I come back and say, All right, things are moving, it's time. And they're like, Oh man, I need like six months. It's yeah. like Okay. Hey, I totally understand. That's just where it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So as many people as we can kind of close in the next couple of months below that $5 million mark is amazing because that allows us to get through this next hurdle where we've got access to all the big funding once we've closed on our land and have our architectural stuff done, but Mm -hmm. we don't get access to the big money until we spend the, the, you know, the money under 5 million. So that's Mm -hmm. where we need people to kind of step in and either, you know, support us on Indiegogo. We're going to put out some more gear sales and stuff like that as well to kind of give people other opportunities. But for those people who are able to invest, um, you know, even, and even 25,000 is, is great. And it gets you an opportunity to be involved, not just in the wind tunnel, but your investment includes the resort, uh, we've got a rock climbing center intended for there and everything as well. So you're not just investing in a one-off one tunnel. You've got a whole hospitality thing that is going to grow. We've been yeah. we've been approached by a couple people to build some additional locations as well. So we we know once it gets going, it's going to take off.
0: Yeah. It's um I've there's there's plenty of people in the world of skydiving, right? right. To to help facilitate an environment like this or a facility like this. Um, there's lots of people, lots of those people. Like while you were talking, like names just started being like <laughs> poking up in my brain of people I've met over just the last five years who have the capability to invest in something like this and even right. spoken about investing in something like this or spoken for the spoken about the need for something like right. this, you know, in our community. So I think there's tons and tons of interest in it. It's it's a matter of getting that um that vision out there so that people yeah. can hear you talk about it. I'm more right. than happy to, to have you guys and give you an opportunity or somewhat of a platform. And I say that with quotations, because <laughs> yeah. I, I say that with quotations, but um, like somewhat of a plat- platform to talk about what it is you're, you guys are trying to do. I think, right. I think giving, giving people an opportunity to hear you like directly talk about this stuff, like is going to, and being so transparent about it, being so like forward about this is what we need. This is what we're going to do. This is what we want. Right. Like, we need you guys to like step up and like help us facilitate this because of XYZ. Like those are all really important things to, to keep in mind. And I think so far, like everything we've talked about on here, like it has been awesome. Like everything I've, I'm have i hearing is like.
1: I'm glad to hear that. Chef's and, kiss. And we got really lucky. You know, I think yeah. Ray, and I, Ray and I spent a lot of time asking people questions and mm-hmm you know, sharing our thoughts and just making sure that we weren't running around on some ego trip. Like we got it all figured out. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we, we listened and we watched and we drew from people who we saw were doing it right. And kind of took all that and and made our own, our own thing out of it. And I, it's been great. We, yeah. we ran like a Facebook poll, you know, a couple months ago and we were like, Hey, make suggestions. And One of the greatest things, I mean, granted, you know, there, I think there was like 60 or 80 comments on there. So it's not a lot, but for skydiving or tunnel flying, I feel like that's a decent amount of interaction on a, on a Facebook. Mm -hmm. But out of those, there was one suggestion that we hadn't thought of already. And it was like, man, that feels really good. That was really, really good validation. And I I want, I mean, I'm going to feel so bad if I butcher this name, but I'm pretty sure it's Kayla Fairchild is the one who made the suggestion. And it's, it's super simple, but it's beautiful. She'd said that we should put lights in the creeper circles. I was like, oh my God, yes. Why didn't I think of that, man? It's such a simple thing, but it's, it's those little things. It's that end user input that makes it great because the dude, the engineer that sits down and he's like, yeah, we're going to do the thing. And then the guy who actually uses it is like, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my finger because of the way you designed this.
2: Mm-hmm. Those are
1: all the little tidbits that we need to make sure that this thing is built with the skydiver and the flyer in mind. Mm-hmm. That person that says, man, I fly dynamic and walking lines kind of sucks because like, we're always like, Oh, the elevator is the blue line and the trash cans, the green line. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we'll just put lights in the cre- Creeper Circle. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Kayla. And I'm I'm hopefully... I, I hope that I'm remembering your name correctly because if I'm not, I'm going to feel really bad.
0: Well, I'm sure she'll know who she is if she's listening to this, <laughs> so no worries. Um, I think... I, I mean, honestly, like, I think... W- to to push it home even more for anyone that's listening, anyone that's even considering and getting involved in this kind of project, um, like you're you're thinking about it, you're like, I don't know, maybe like, or if you know of somebody who is who is in that situation, I think the important thing to realize about a project like this, like yeah, at the end of the day, you're trying to make money, you're trying to see your investment return to you, um, and I think one of the entertainment right now is really hard to invest in like i get it you know like with the state of uh, the state of the world and the state of the economy i totally understand that but i think one thing that often goes unnoted or unchecked about this type of community is that the return you're going to get from this type of investment is not just financial if you immerse yourself in this community you become a flyer you become part of like You know what I mean? Like you become part of that community. Like it is going to open up your world to to what it is you think you have, uh, in terms of enrichment in your life. Like this will change your life. Like everything about flying, everything about skydiving, the opportunities, the places you get to go. Like there's a reason that two tunnel instructors are coming up with this idea to completely change and facelift the, uh, the, the, excuse me completely revolutionize, you know, the the face of what tunnel tunnel flying is in the US. So right. like, there's, there's a reason that, that two people who are super, super passionate about this are, are intending and like, that's, that's their, that's their goal. It's not me. I don't know if I'm.
1: No, it totally makes I'm, sense.
0: I don't know if I'm explaining that, right. But,
1: but it the, totally makes sense. But I think the uh, a big thing that a lot of people um, kind of miss out on too, is they're like, ah, entertainment's kind of scary um Mm -hmm. i love the sport but man the economy is weird and it's like you know what isn't weird and you know what a lot of people forget that we do yeah contracting yep military training and we're not you know that's the it's kind of a bad word in the industry it's not something we're really supposed to talk about but yeah it is especially in the last couple years it is a major major player in the sport of skydiving as a whole um the tunnel is obviously the ultimate training tool for skydiving and Mm -hmm. then those guys are jumping a lot too and most drop zones that have a a healthy operation fly military
0: yep i think i think what i was trying to get at in addition to that is there's such a massive call Mm. Amongst the US right now, like it, just right. in the US, like just in the, I can imagine the world, but like yeah. just the US right now for a facility like this, for mm. all of the things that we've talked about up until this point, there have been so many conversations behind closed doors. Um, there have been <laughs> so many conversations on drop zones in the tunnels, like amongst right. staff members, amongst instructors of like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do things more like this? I don't right. understand why things haven't changed in this direction. I don't understand why we don't make these adjustments. All the things that we've talked about are those right. adjustments. All of those things that we've, we've discussed. And I made, a, I made it a point to bring up the things that I know I have talked about in right. my own tunnel of why don't yeah. we do this. I made it a point to bring those things into this conversation because it's important to note. And for anybody that is on the fence about, about investing in a project like this, know that that, that is what people want in this industry. Like everything we've talked about is, is things are things that like are very much desired. And if you build it, people will come like, look at Utah, look at yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at, you know, look at any of those, look at Oceanside, any of those franchise tunnels that are doing amazing. Right. And we're still having people travel across the country yeah. to go and fly at those facilities with the people that work there because right. of how established, how safe they are, how um accessible those facilities are. Like you build it, they will come. Like yeah. it is absolutely something that you should seriously consider adding your name to, because it will have a kickback. And not only will it have financial kickback, but it will also have a very much an enrichment in your life if yep. you live. So- All of
1: our investors get lifetime memberships too, so.
0: <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> there you go uh <laughs> thank you for letting me think through that explanation Absolutely. um i was not very good at thinking that one through on the fly there that, no, was, no, no. You did that a was a job. little difficult <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway anyway um that pretty much wraps up all the things that i wanted to address yep. on this on this episode is there anything that you want to add in terms of like <sighs> pursuing this goal like, like you know
1: you know, really kind of the last like call to action or um inspired thing that I'm I'm kind of personally going crazy about. And you mentioned it earlier ironically. Um Ray and I we've talked a bunch about it. It's really the biggest question is how are people going to handle it? How is this mm-hmm. going to be talked about? But I I have a really big dream and aspiration to find a way to connect wind tunnels to drop zones hopefully via the uspa Mm -hmm. i don't know how they're going to take it i don't know how i'm going to take it i don't know Mm -hmm. how the conversations are going to go but i do know that once we get to a point um once this thing is under construction i fully intend to find the right people at the uspa I'll probably spend a lot of time finding um some some great people in the sport as well and say, hey, you've been doing this for a long time. Like I know for sure Kirk Werner is gonna be somebody we mm-hmm. talking to. Steve Curtis, Jay Russ, Mikey, uh, Doug Barron, Garrett, mm-hmm. those were all people that I will probably sit down and have a conversation with and say, All right, what about this is similar? What makes sense? And mm-hmm. how is this gonna move forward? Um, I had a really unique AFF experience where my AFF instructor worked at the tunnel with me Mm -hmm. and I was already like a level four instructor by the time I started jumping. So Mm -hmm. when I went to go and jump, I like packed all of my own parachutes. I could pack a reserve, like I could assemble a container and I did IAD, instructor assisted deployment. So I essentially Mm -hmm. did like static line and AFF transition and then my B license canopy course for my AFF. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously I'm a very unique situation. However, I've been very fortunate in my skydiving career to really only have like one kind of major ish mishap. And other than that, I've been very well educated and been able to like hold my own and for the most part, not put myself in risky situations. And that's mm-hmm. really something I would love to see happen for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't at all want to make it a requirement because mm-hmm. I know nobody likes a requirement. But I want to find a way to legitimize training in the tunnel and connect that to skydiving, not to say that tunnel training is required mm-hmm. for skydiving or vice versa. But uh, you know, I want something that is in a perfect world, we develop a course for everything to do with skydiving that we can do in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. have a USPA stamp of approval on our courses on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would really be, be the dream. Yeah. yeah, that would
0: be that would be a huge milestone. And again, blo- make our sport blossom, make it bigger, make it more yeah. accessible, make things- Yeah, you know, well,
1: and like, it's even, you know, even if we develop the course, I would happily give that course to iFly as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say this is ours. Nobody else can have it. If it's something where we can say, USPA, these are the things that work- in the wind tunnel, and mm-hmm. we know for a fact that teaching people X, Y, and Z is going to enable them to have a better experience skydiving for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And we develop a course with, you know, obviously very strict criteria and say, all right, this is what happens. They have to use, you know, this type of of certified tunnel rig with these handles and these colors and this, this. And they have to do a minimum of this amount of time and meet this criteria. And the instructor that works with them has to have X rating. There's obviously a lot that goes into it. But, man, just imagine the day that somebody who wants to learn how to skydive and Pericleet is the perfect example of it. Paraclete, Mm -hmm. instead of doing a traditional AFF, they have the Paraclete student program, the PSP. Yeah. And you do 15 minutes of tunnel time before you ever go make a skydive. There's no level one tandem. There's no nothing. You do 15 minutes of tunnel time without a rig. Mm -hmm. You go and your first jump is with two instructors. And then every jump from then on, as long as you pass that first jump is one instructor. Mm -hmm. So they're able to pass on cost savings to people like crazy. It's cheaper for people to go through AFF there because they're able to reduce the amount of instructors needed for a significant portion of the jumps, but they're also putting out safer jumpers.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um, it's it's like any AFP program, you know, like it's exactly, it's a very similar, similar concept. So like it's proven to work, you know, it's right.
1: Yeah. So having, having something that's nationally recognized nationally standardized Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I just want to make the sport safer. I want to make it better. I don't like seeing my friends get injured I don't like getting injured. I I made like one kind of dumb mistake and sprained my MCL. And now like, you know, the last hundred jumps that I did, I slid in all my landings. I was like, it's mm-hmm. not worth it. It's not worth it. Yep. So I just want to keep everybody as safe as possible. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, keeping people safe and educated allows us to push the sport further than we ever have.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair, fair, totally fair, man. And w- like it with that, like, that's a great place to to end it. If you're yeah. if you've if you've got anything else,
1: no, no? That's, okay.
0: I think
1: that's I've great. talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's a that's a great place to end it. Um man, I just want to say thank you. Uh you well, you reached out to me a couple of days ago, uh or about a week ago, maybe yeah. now. Yep. Um about a week ago and uh I was like, I don't know who this guy, like, you're, you're, I don't know who this this person is. Like I've heard of this tunnel, but I don't know what's going on. So I reached out to uh, Garrett and I reached out to Mikey and I asked yeah. them like, Hey, what do you think of this? And they both were like, absolutely, like absolutely give them an opportunity to talk about this. Like it's important that people hear it. Uh, and so here we are. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. I appreciate you being so transparent about all the behind the scenes details. Like it is a very refreshing take. Um, like hearing all of that stuff straight from the creator's mouth, like that's fantastic. And I think everyone else that's listening to as well is going to really appreciate like how forthcoming you've been uh, with all the details. Like that's
1: yeah. awesome and amazing. So thank you. Absolutely. No, thank yeah. you for having me. And I mean, thank you to, to <laughs> Mikey and, and Garrett for those votes of confidence. I mean, that, yeah. that is huge. And that's, you know, hearing we had somebody reach out that was like, oh, I I would never invest in a wind tunnel, but Doug Barron said that you were a good guy. <laughs>
2: Oh God. Oh, it makes me
1: feel so good. So it's it's just, it's just great. And it's, you know, we're not, we're not out there to get anyone. We just want to mm-hmm. make it great. I think people mm-hmm. have recognized that. And I'm I'm glad that we are giving people what they want. And I just want people to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, The last little detail that I think we should include here, and I'll probably put it in the show notes too, as well is how do people contact you about potentially investing in this? Yeah. Like, where do they go?
1: So easiest place is the website, Mm www.flyawaytn.com. We've got a decent amount of info on there. And there's also some links to send us an email. If you just want to email me, um, just info at flyawaytn.com is uh, nice and easy for you.
0: Perfect. I will include those in the show notes so people have easy access to those. Um, Man, thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. Uh, We're going to end it there for everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Fall Risk. We'll see you next time. Blue skies. Be safe. Safe skies. Bye. (laughs)